Hey, welcome, Dorothy. This is Saratoga Best. We are doing the feminine aspect of 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 um of Yudshvat. We're preparing for Yudshvat, and we're preparing for Bhakti Lagani. Yudshvat is the day that really begins the seventh generation. So, um, as we said in a different recording, all revolutions that you know in the seventh generation come from Yudshvat. On that day, in that moment, in that hour, however long it took to for the Rebbe to say Yudshvat, in that hour, let's say, the entire reality changed. There are a few times in history when all of reality changes. Not since I, we could guess. What are the few times that, that all of history changes? The flood, the marble, um, Lech Lecha, Avram Avinu Lech Lecha, Matan Taira, Kriyas Yamsuf, etc., etc. Fast forward many, 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 many steps. In history, many stages in history, the revelation of the Baal Shem Tov, et cetera, et cetera, and then many steps that I'm leaving out, and then the moment of the Nasi Adar saying Basi Lagani. All of reality changed. Once it changes, it never changes back. One of the biggest revolutions, the biggest chidushim of the change from the sixth generation to the seventh, and sorry, and just before, dot, 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 before I say it, the sixth generation we're talking about six generations of Chabad, they really sort of encompass all of classical Jewish history. Six generations of classical Jewish history, really going back to Avram Avinu. It's a certain style, the classical Judaism, in which nobody ran out of the, on the street and asked, are you Jewish, you know, and et cetera, grabbed your arm and, you know, threw a pair, of, you know, threw, you know, grabbed the man's arm, put filling on him. Nobody did that. You show me that your, your great, 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 great Zeta in 1722 was out there grabbing people's arms and putting filling on them. Never. Right? Or, or your great, 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 great grandmother was handing Shabbos candles to people, etc. Or that, right. So everything changed. And again, that's just the external of what happened. But it essentially switched to, to be very simple, a feminine way of being. The seventh generation, is feminine relative to all the six generations uh, before. Because, you, you know, uh, it's called Za and Malchus. Chesed, Dvor, Teferis, Nesachai, Yisai is called Za. That's a masculine energy. And the seventh generation, the seventh, is called Malchus, which is a feminine energy. So we are now in a generation forever uh, that is essentially much more feminine than ever before. And all the proofs are, you know, all the symptoms of it are, it was a, Judaism, Yiddishkeit was a male-centered, um, male-dominated way of serving Hashem. Too bad for the guys, it switched to a female way of, of, of serving Hashem, and they're still trying to recover. <laughs> you know? So, by the way, if you happen to be female, born born female, <laughs> if you happen to be born female, you are at a distinct advantage. Now, if you happen to be born a Jewish female, you're, you, are at, you are in the right place at the right time. The merit of Jewish women, we will come out of Geula. If you happen to be a Jewish woman, you're in the right place at the right time with the right energy synced up to be able to experience what the generation is all about and not be fighting it. Think of that. The difference between a mask, I'm not saying men and women. The difference between, if, if you're focusing on your masculine aspect, 
now, you're always going to be struggling with, well, what's really, what are the opportunities presented to us for Ruchnius from Tyra at this point? You're always going to be struggling with it because it's not innate to you. But if you're really operating in your feminine energy, then you're going to flow much more with what's happening in this generation. Do any any disagreement? Right? Okay. You don't have to agree with me. But, okay, so it, it obviously comes from a... a, a, a Right. Okay. Thank you. And by the way, then if you follow business courses, you know, when, when they have these courses about feminine based, um, business approach, um, hopefully, hopefully if they got it right, what they're focusing on is, um, a more nurturing approach to business rather than a dominating approach to business. And we see that that happened. It used to be if, if you open a store and I work for you, uh, you tell me, hey, I'm the boss, do what I say, or else you're fired. That's the masculine approach. You know, who's going to talk, you or me? Only one of us can talk. From the feminine approach, if you're running a business in a feminine way, you're going to nurture me, even though I am your employee. I'll never know that I'm your employee, but I'm going to think that I'm your, your um, what's the word, your partner. Why would I, you know, right, I'm going to know, I'm going to feel that I'm your partner because you're going to nurture me and nourish me because it's a feminine approach, right? Does that make sense? So everything in the world, the feminine approach is we enable, we nurture, we bring out the potential in everybody. Have a rub, have a mashpia who brings you to the point where you feel that you made a decision on your own that you want to move to the next level. And you don't ever have to say, don't tell me what to do, because you didn't realize that they told you what to do. You thought you thought it up yourself. That is the feminine approach. It takes a lot of skill. It's easier when you're a woman, because you have that innate skill of, of figuring out how to bring children, students, friends, etc., employees, to the point where they say, I think I would like to, at this point, uh, give you... $1,000. Oh, really? Oh, thanks, Dad. That's so sweet of you, right? Instead of give me $1,000, you say, you know what? I'd like to donate $1,000 to your organization. I need to nurture you in a feminine way to get you to come to it on your own. Okay. So where does this all come from? Okay. So we've heard. Yes. So, so maybe let's leave the door a little bit so we don't have so much back and forth. Okay. So where does it come from in Tyra? So here's here's what the Rebbe says. One of the chedushim of the of of the free of the Rebbe of the, the Baal Hilula of Yud Shvat, the Rebbe Rayat, is that he was involved with Nesheu B'nai Yisrael. He gave himself over to to um, work very closely, work to upgrade, so to speak, um, Nesheu B'nai Yisrael. Jewish leaders always worked with men, and maybe the men would come home and they would talk to their wives and they said, "I learned this and." She would be making the kugel while he was telling her what he learned. Maybe. But Jewish leaders didn't work with women until the t- time of the Rebbe Rayat. And the, the change is that the, the Rebbe was working to enable women to upgrade and also children. This is a chiddush. And, so, and, and to bring us to what? To recognize and act from the point of being a kerasabayas. A kerasabayas doesn't just mean you run your home. You run the, excuse me, <coughs> W-O-R-L-D. You run the world. The world is a big home, you know. I don't want my husband to listen to this. But basically, 
right? In other words, if you're the Akaris advice, you're not just running, you know, 1622 President Street, you know, that has a living room and a dining room. Come on. You're running the world. When they did the convention for Nishikabad in Toronto in the 80s, they, um, I think it was Bina who did it. She created the, the venture was, and the invitation were beautiful. It was a picture of a woman lighting Shabbos candles, but the Shabbos, the candles were, were people. It was very beautiful. It was very special. The candles were people. In other words, you realize she's not just lighting Shabbos candles, you know, and she's like a few little people in her house. She's lighting the whole world. Well, now you got it. Right? That was the convention. What was the, that was my first convention. It was, very, it was very special. So if you are the, so the Fiat is working with us to realize that we are the, fun, the, the bedrock of, you know, the fundamental part of the entire world. And we have the ability to be piled to affect the entire home and also the sons and also the husband. And that really means the ability to affect the entire world. And by the way, when we train or when we inspire male type of people, to do it in that way, they're much more effective too. If a man has a business and he tells everybody, you better do this or this is it. I, I don't want to waste time on it, but, but that article I read many years ago in a dentist's office about two CEOs. And, and, and one was still telling people, you better do this and that. And even though he was making, it was, I think, Home Depot. He was making much more money for them. They got rid of him after a while because everybody hated him. Since, wait, wait a minute. The, the standard used to be, you make money, that's it. It's good. You're a na- nasty person. Who cares as long as you make money? They got rid of him because nobody could get along with him. And the other CEO of another company, I think it was Boeing, um, used to go around and say to people, hi, how you doing? What's your job about? You know, nice to see you. Thank you so much for being part of our, our, our family, et cetera, et cetera. Him they kept. And he was successful because he included everybody in it. So that is the feminine way of doing it. You include everybody. You bring everybody to realize their innate um, significance in the world. So where does it come from? It comes from Matan Tyrus. How does it come from Matan Tyrus? Because it says, these are the women, these are the men. In other words, the standard, you know, I'm not the standard, standard idea is that Hashem said, speak to the women first because, you know, what happened? She messed up. So this way you better talk, you know, you better talk to the women first to get them on board because otherwise they're going to, entice the men to make a mistake, but do me a favor, you know. That's like, come on, whatever. The Rebbe says, why are the women spoken to first? What do you mean? They're first. They are higher in level. They're first. Um, So, in other words, first speak to the people who run the world. You know, what are you going to speak? You're going to speak to the the students, speak, speak to the teacher. You know, they come to the teacher, you know, you really need to do this about, about lunchtime. Let me say, I'm not the principal. Speak to the principal. I'm not in charge of lunch. Speak to the people who are running the world. Who's that? The women. Oops. Oh, sorry. The women. <laughs> right. Because, you know, then everybody, because all the men, if they hear this, they literally fall asleep on the, on the, they fall asleep on the dock. You ever go to a, you ever go to a kabbada and they say, please everybody share something? And they listen very carefully. And as soon as a woman starts to speak, they fall asleep. <laughs> you never notice it? Well, I was once in a Chabad, and, and the rabbi said to me, would you like to say something? I said, no, 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 because I, am, I see that if women speak at a Shabbos table, the men fall asleep. He said, no, 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 that's ridiculous. So I, I was dumb, and I, I said, okay, and I started to say, in a second, he was asleep. <laughs> it 
absolutely. But I said, but Rabbi, she said, he said, no, no, I just, I didn't sleep well last night. You're right. Okay, fine. You're right. So when it comes to Matan Torah, we are given the Torah first because why do you think we're given the Torah first? We're the ones who can relate to it. In other words, what is Tyra? It's not a very masculine energy. In a masculine, a masculine energy is, this is separate from that. Right? What, what does this have to do with that? You know, what do, what do soft-boiled eggs have to do with Bafi Lagani? From a masculine point of view, that was like, wait, who made up this? It's ridiculous. Because in a masculine world, everything is very separate. In a feminine world, everything is a challenge. How many men make challenge? Women make challenge. You mix it all together, and it all becomes one big challenge, and it comes out uh, something brand new, flavorful. In a masculine world, you know, you have the potatoes there and the beans there, and, like, and you know, it's, it's a, just a very different energy. So, and this generation, you see, by the Rebbe, everything becomes a challenge. The Rebbe mixes everything together and comes out with something brand new. So Matan Tyra is all about something that, from a masculine point of view, is absolutely insane. You're going to bring Atik and Arif. You're going to bring deep spiritual, um, ethereal concepts into soft-boiled eggs. That is crazy. From a masculine point of view, you're not allowed. It's crazy. It's somehow opposite, the opposite of Judaism, etc. Nothing in it goes well with them when you think about mixing those two realities. If Hashem himself hadn't sent Maishu Rabbeinu, who clearly had a good amount of healthy, healthy feminine energy, healthy, 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 right? Maishu Rabbeinu is clearly the, the, the uh, paragon of masculine with that healthy feminine aspect in, in a holy way, right? So he, he clearly was the one who had to do it. He had to be the go-between. But Hashem had to send Maishu Rabbeinu to relate to us and coach us into it in a feminine way. Because I'm sure all the men said, what are you talking about? Spiritual is going to mix with physical. They're two separate things. Who gave you this? Where do you hear this stuff? This is ridiculous. So the men had to be coached through it. And the women probably said, oh, thank God. Oh, my goodness. I finally feel like somebody understands me. Same thing with the Mishkan. The Mishkan was... The men, what do you think happened when Hashem, uh, the Rebbe says here, when it comes to the Mishkan, it says, and they, Vayavoha Nashim Al Nashim. Shehein Hayusham Barishayna Vanashim Ipululam. We were first for the Mishkan. Why do you think we were first for the Mishkan? Most probably when Hashem said, hey guys, you know what we're going to do now? You just got used to Matan Tyre. You're still reeling from the effects of Matan Tyre. You know what we're going to do now? We're going to bring Hashem down here into this physical world, which, which from a feminine point of view, which from a masculine point of view was, what's that all about? And on top of that, what are we going to do? We're, we're going to bring Hashem into curtains and, and, and boards, all this stuff. Like, you know, so in other words, you're going to say, okay, Hashem, you're going to come into this world. And we're thinking he's, it's going to be all spiritual. So what? So, Hashem, what do we need to do to bring you into this world? He said, well, the curtains need to be this color and not a shade darker and not a shade lighter. And really, they have to be made out of this fabric and not something else. <laughs> They're like, is this home decorating? <laughs> or is this a home for God? Like, oh, my God, 
he got he got the disease too. Oh my goodness, I give up. God himself is into this thing with the curtains have to be this color and not a different color. I give up. Right there, if anybody was smart and they were listening to Hashem explaining what did he want to be in this world, let's, sorry, I want to go back one second. It seems that there was a chassid from Williamsburg who came to 1951, when the Rebbe, when nobody knew what was going to happen, that year Shvat, and what? Yeah. Nobody knew what was going to be Yod Shvat. And therefore what? The Rebbe started to speak and said the Maimur Bati Lagani. This was, it changed the entire world. People were sitting, they were excited in Lubavitch. People were excited that the Rebbe said a Maimur because for a year they said to the Rebbe, please accept the leadership of being the next Rebbe. And the Rebbe said, never, no way, Jose. Right, I guess we were talking to the people working here. No way, Jose. They were the ones who, <laughs> right? You talked to Jose. You didn't talk to Yif- Yifchak. You know, you told Jose you're not becoming the Rebbe. You didn't tell Yifchak you're not becoming the Rebbe for the cleaning man. Anyway, no way, Jose. So what? And then the Rebbe, they, we were just excited. The Rebbe, please, the Rebbe should accept the leadership. As soon as the Rebbe said, Bati Lagani, every Lubavitcher said, ah, the Rebbe accepted the leadership. There was this Chassid from Williamsburg who said, I'm getting out of here. After the Maimon. He said, why? He said, he's saying he's Mashiach. How did you pick up on that? Nobody else picked up on it, or some, nobody that you know about. So the same thing. Imagine you're standing there at the moment that Hashem, I don't know, you know, be interesting to find him and interview him or, you know, read his memoir. I've heard it from different speakers. So there was one, I've heard it from many speakers, that, that, that there was this one chassid, and he walked out, he said, I'm not coming back, because the Rebbe just said that he's Mashiach. Very interesting, Right. So that was the implication. He, he hopped it right away. So what? Imagine you're there at the moment when Hashem is telling Maishu Rabbeinu to build the Mishka. And you're standing, and imagine if you could be standing on the side. You know, two men are standing by the side, and they're listening. And all of a sudden, they walk away, and one says to the other, forget it, oh my goodness. Forget it, forget it, forget it. The other one said, what you just, what, what's so upsetting? He said, do you not realize what Hashem just said? He said, from now on, everything, Yiddishkeit is going to be very feminine. We're never going to feel comfortable. Yiddishkeit is going to be very, Judaism is going to be very feminine. Because, well, how do you know that? What do you mean? God said, the, the basis of all Judaism is, I want a home in this world. So first of all, home is already the woman's domain. But look at what Hashem is talking about. Makes the curtains this shade of blue and not a different shade of blue. Oh, I go, well, I have enough with my wife. Now God is doing the same thing. And this is forever. We will never get out of this nightmare. Even God himself with the curtains and the business and what color and it's the wrong color and you have to change it. I go, well, you understand? Men would have gone nuts then. If anybody was smart, they would have hopped, oh, this is going to be fun for the next few thousand years and forever. Men would have hopped at that moment. This is going to be a woman's world. Now, the interesting thing is how anybody, you know, all the feminists say, yeah, it's a man's religion. I don't know how they could squeeze that out. It's from the very beginning. It was, Hashem was saying, it's always going to be a feminine world. I'll give a little bit, you know, you have to, you have to give some power to the men. 
So, so you know, Hashem said, okay, you guys will be the only ones who could be in a minion. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and you have to go there three times a day to get away from them who run the world, the women. And, and, and you know, and, and you're for bringing them. And, and, and you'll drink mashka and you'll, you know, and you'll be the only ones who can put on film and say, yeah, that proves that, you know, Judaism is all masculine. And Hashem is saying, yeah, yeah, wink, wink. <laughs> right? Have a good time, guys. But, yeah, but, yeah, right. Because Hashem is saying, if you guys are smart, if you're really learning Tyra deep, deeply, you'll understand whether you're learning Gemara or anything. I'm, okay, Gemara is a little more masculine, so, you know, men felt a little entire. But if you're really looking at it, you'll see how feminine it is. Right? So at the moment that Hashem said, build the Mishkan, what do you think the men felt? What do you think the men's reaction was? And what do you think the women's reaction was? In my mind, the men probably scratched their heads and said, what? Build a home for Hashem called the Mishkan. And you make it out of these cute little curtains and all these other things. And the, the men probably thought, what? What in the world is that about? It doesn't make any sense to me. They scratched their head. What is this Mishkan all about? It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. I, 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 I can't figure it out. And the women must have said, ah, finally somebody understands me. <laughs> right? What a relief. Somebody understands me. God himself understands me. He's making the Mishkan feminine. So the women probably felt like, Mishkan? Yeah, absolutely. And men finally probably felt like, Mishkan? Uh, how do you spell it? I, 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 I don't really know what you're talking about, but I'll try learning about it more. Yeah, I feel like I was there, right? Right. So essentially... That that is, and we get that whole thing. We get all of this this revolution in this generation from, and we're going to end with this from Matantaira, um, which is we said is uniquely feminine, and from the Mishkan, the building of the Mishkan, which is uniquely feminine. And then we'll end off by saying, and why are we speaking about all of this? Because we're preparing for Basi Lagani, and Basi Lagani it says Basi Lagani Lagani Achaisi, my sister. Kala, my bride, is all feminine. And it was for Rebison Rivka and Rebison Sternasara. And then this month of Shvat is all about Rebison Rivka, Rebison Sternasara, Rebison Kayamushka. The hard thing. Right, right, as the daughters of, right, the Rebbe. So there's a place, you know, we, we sound like we're super feminist. There's a place for men and the masculine energy within this. And really, our job, let's say, as this year is beginning, is to understand, forget about whether you're male, I mean, don't forget whether you're male or female, like, say what you are. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, not unpolitically correct. Say what you are. Be what you are. Be what you were created to be. But, but I'm just saying what our job is here to do is, through the mission, et cetera, and Basi Lagani, is to really kind of figure out what is the masculine-feminine interplay of energy. It doesn't have to be men and women. It's giver and receiver and, you know, and spiritual things. We want to sort of make a blend. There's an artist here. What is an artist supposed to do? She makes a blend of all kinds of things that don't fit together. So we are, we have to learn from her. We, have to, we are here to be the artists of the world who blend together colors that really don't match. And we come out with something incredible, right? 
that's so out of out of out of what people are used to. The thing about an artist, and I'll finish with this. The thing about an artist is you can be a good artist if people say, "Oh yeah, that's the way." That's so interesting. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that bunny rabbit, or you know, I saw that canary in like perfect yellow, and you got it all right. That's nice drawing. But the really nice drawing is you draw something that everybody can figure out what exactly it is, and you literally create changes in the world through your art, right? The beauty is the blend. So she has to teach us, the artist has to teach us how to effectively be artists in the world, to put together all of these opposites in a masculine and in a feminine way. The feminine way is to blend them all. So we're here to be the artists of the world, Bhakti Lagani, to come to our garden and to bring the world to the Gula Mitzvah Shlema immediately now.